Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me tonight is our special guest, Jordan Last, Master Handicapper and co-host of the Taproom Sports Podcast. Hey Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. I, I like this intro music, man. I like it. <laughs> it's kind of funky, right? I mean, it's obviously royalty-free, which is all very important for us as podcasters. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I know. We've been using it for like seven years now, and uh, we tried changing it, and people were like, I don't know what that podcast is, so we went back. So here we are. We're stuck with it forever, for better or for worse. So thanks for liking it. <laughs> Anyway, hey, listen, um, I know since I follow you on Twitter that you are a master sports handicapper, uh, and I, I think that everybody who follows you on Twitter knows that, but tell us, how did you get involved in handicapping? Oh, man, well, first of all, I don't know if a master handicapper exists. If they do, <laughs> send them my way, please. Uh, okay, you know, I think that's the one, uh, the one thing about sports handicapping that people don't understand is, like, the best handicappers in the world hit, like, 55.5% of their bets, and that makes them a professional. So right. if you could do that, you're on your way. The NFL is by far the hardest sport to handicap, though. That's without a doubt. But the way I got into handicapping myself is... Uh, you know, I've just always been a huge sports fan, and, you know, back in, uh, when I was in college, we had the offshore books, like, uh, Bovada, I mean, right. they still exist, a lot of them, yep. but, no, you know, it's a way that, yeah, it's a way to get some action, makes the game a little more interesting, and, and if you get good at it, and you turn a profit, it's, you know, it's just an extra, turn it into just sure. extra money, you know, and with yeah. inflation, it's always a good idea to look Ow. elsewhere for some, some, uh, for money, right? No doubt. No doubt. If you're making money and having fun, that's the best combination right there. The whole point, though, the hard part is making the money part. I can tell you that I'm a big fan of the, the FanDuel cash out uh, that they introduced because I get so skittish when it gets down to that at very end there. I'm like, you know what? If I just hold on, if I just hold on, will I, will I actually hit? And then, uh, you know... And then I'll inevitably wait too long before cashing out. That's just the way it is. Oh, so I'm obviously not a master. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a master better by any chance. That's a stretch of the imagination. Now tell me a little bit about Taproom Sports Podcast. Because you're the co-host of that podcast. There. How'd you get yes. involved with that? I mean, during quarantine, um, you know, my, my uh, partner, Big Ball, and Ben Larson. He, uh, you know, we were just talking over Zoom one night, having a couple cocktails together. I used to live with him when we were younger. We were roommates, so uh, we were just talking, and we were kind of like, we just had a long conversation. We we're like, dude, we should have just recorded that and like made that a show. And everyone's always told me that I should do like a sports podcast or a sports show. I actually went to college to be a journalist. Didn't end up right. being a journalist, but it's kind of always <laughs> been my my dream. So I guess in, once the quarantine hit and the pandemic hit, I guess it was just an easy way to get into it you know what i mean like i had a lot yeah. of free time on my hands <laughs> yeah well, why not and obviously the boom of uh, online sports betting sites obviously must help a lot i mean you, you have to have oh, a yeah. lot of folks who are now interested in it there's easy access to it 
Um, you know, I, I used to say that, thank goodness I don't live in Vegas because I'd be broke. I'd be absolutely broke. There's no, there's no two ways about it. I am not, I'm a not, not a good better. But I will say this, um, having that option to, to do that for certain games is, uh, is certainly a ton of fun and really, really great as long as uh, you're not following my advice and following Jordan's advice instead. And we're going to tap into that today because we've got plenty to talk about, including Jordan's picks for the NBA playoffs. I'll tell you what my thoughts are but don't listen to them. And of course, our thoughts on the first round of the eighth annual football garbage time, Twitter NFL mock draft. That's a mouthful, but we just finished that first round and published that. That's a lot of fun. And then of course the Arizona Cardinals, which is Jordan's favorite team and some thoughts on their draft strategy entering the 2022 NFL draft and much, much more. So let's get this rolling. All right, so with all that said, since this is an NFL podcast, what better place to start than with the NBA? All right, Jordan, I'll first uh, warn you, and I think uh, I already warned you in advance, and I already know how you're going to respond to this because you also warned me that I am a longtime huge Bulls fan. I grew up uh, in, in Chicago during the Michael Jordan era, and which means that you must be, you are obligated to be, a Chicago Bulls fan if you're in that situation. And, uh, and the Sunday's game was very disheartening and yesterday's game was very encouraging but now we have uh, some other issues chris middleton's potential injury and some other things there and i know that you are a bucks fan is that right i i am a bucks fan yes yes uh, <laughs> but i i like you i grew up in the michael jordan era um you know i was always a michael jordan fan right and i guess you could consider me a bulls fan when i was younger but i've always been that guy that kind of just like likes players and I became a Bucks sure. fan because of Ray Allen and when Ray Allen oh. was drafted I was like that's my team right there all right yeah yeah I can see that all right well I mean you guys got you always got uh, some pretty good players on your team right now too I mean Giannis is not chopped liver so uh nope. there's that <laughs> yep. but uh you know let's talk about that series just for a second before I dive into the, the rest of your thoughts on the NBA playoffs and, and futures and so on tell me about um what do you think about if you wanted to make any bets on the bulls Bucks series. And it's interesting because I saw some of this talk during uh, an ESPN a couple of days ago. Um, they basically stayed away from the series almost in its entirety. The only bet that anyone made was that the Bucks will five or better. So that's still in play, but what are your thoughts on any bets that you would be willing to make in the bulls Bucks series? I mean, I still like the Bucks to win the series. <clears throat> um, I mean, even with Middleton going down, the Bucks' odds, now they're the fifth favorite to win the playoffs. I mean, I certainly think that they're, they have enough to get past Chicago, especially because Chicago doesn't have Lonzo Ball, obviously. Right. But, I mean, the Bucks still have the best player in the world. And whenever yeah. you have somebody like that, like, they can never be counted out. And I think that Chicago, I, I see them still getting past. But uh, the next round – let's say Boston wins the series against the Nets and they have to face Boston. And I don't know if they can get past Boston without Chris right. Middleton. They're going to need that scoring punch. And a big factor of it is Drew Holiday. Like he has played awful in the first two games, mm-hmm. very uncharacteristic of him. And if you watch the Bucks games this year, I mean, Drew Holiday looked like the second best player on the team. Middleton mm-hmm. kind of took a back seat to that. And then now Middleton is not playing well. So that, that does not bode well. I still think if he plays as he has been, they could still get past Chicago in six or seven games just because Giannis is that good. But mm-hmm. they're going to need him to take the extra step, and they're obviously going to need other guys on their bench to take 
take a couple steps forward. I mean, Brooke Lopez has been playing well the first two games. Yes, yeah. Um, they're going to need Pat Connaughton. They're going to need Grayson Allen. They're going to need maybe even Jordan Nor off the bench. Like these guys are going to have to contribute to make up for what Chris Middleton um, brought to the table. I still like the Bucks to win that series. Yeah, I, and I think you know, obviously, I'm, I, I am a huge, um, I'm a huge Bulls fan, but um, I'm also a realist <laughs> in all this. And, uh, you know, I, I, if we win two games in a series, I'll take that as a win and a, a step in the right direction. It's a little bit disappointing, obviously, because we had such a hot start, and that's the terrible second half, if you want to call that, uh, after the All-Star break. But um, the Bucks clearly the better team here. And quite frankly, talking about Pat Connington, I, I am actually a Pat Connington fan because I went to Notre Dame, so I actually watched a lot of him. I watched oh, the games he played. Damn. I like him. He's, I like him. I like the guy. Hold on. So you're a Bulls fan. I'm a Bucks yep. fan. You went to Notre Dame, and oh, I'm a, I, I didn't go to USC, but I'm a diehard USC fan. Oh, I to, man. I went to a school that isn't really good at sports, so I kind of still get to keep my, my <laughs> USC fandom. I still attach it okay. to it. Wow, man. And, I, you know, I can't – I almost couldn't I, – I almost wouldn't – I would almost have to shut this down right now because of the <sighs> entire Reggie Bush push thing. But, you know, the fact that that was all not legit <laughs> – I feel better. I've vindicated. So, you know, it's, it's okay now. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not past it. I made my peace. I moved on. So that's, that's it. But I can tell you, those are the best games. I always look forward to Notre Dame USC because uh, no well, matter what. Haven't been good stage, lately, dude. <laughs> At least for well, us. Well, I, I really look forward to it when you, this isn't good for, for USC. But I want to say that both teams tend to play up during that game. So that, that's why I, I was going to say I, I look forward to it. Um, you know, and, and not, not so much to see USC win. So that, that, that I definitely don't want to see. Uh, but, you know, at least you don't have to try to factor. Because I know, like we said, you are a Cardinals fan. You are not a Packers fan. If you were a Packers fan, uh, or if you had any connection to the University of Michigan, I might have to shut this down right now. I just to be honest. That's just, we just have to just, have to just go. We just be done. We could not go any further. All right, let's get back to the uh, NBA playoffs here. Tell me about what are your favorite bets to make then for the rest of the NBA playoffs? Oh, man, I think like when you're looking at value, I think the Boston Celtics, you can get them to win the title. Uh, You know, Caesars has it plus 575, which is the best value, but Mm. you're going to find it between 500 and and 575 at all the rest of the books, including some offshore books. Mm. And I think I think Boston is the best team in the East. If they're if Chris Middleton isn't playing, Um, Jason Tatum is just he's elevated his game to an MVP level he's playing phenomenal basketball Jalen Brown Marcus Mm -hmm. Smart is one of the best uh, defenders he won defensive player of the year and they're going to get Robert Williams back at some point in this Brooklyn Nets series and when they have Robert Williams they have the highest rating in all of basketball so offensive defensive rating they are the best team by the numbers with Robert Williams in the lineup so I think uh, for value purposes I think putting your money on Boston is very smart at this point. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. So let me ask you then, let's just go ahead and get the rest of that out of there. So who do you think is going to be on the other side of that game in the finals with the Celtics? If you're taking, I assume you're taking the Celtics then as the likely candidate to get to the NBA finals. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an interesting one because Devin Booker has a strained hamstring. They're saying he's right. only going to be out two to three weeks. But hamstrings are tricky, man. Like sometimes you come back a little too soon and you could damage it even worse. So the Suns were like my title favorite. I thought they were going to win the title yeah, coming into the too. playoffs. With that injury, though, that really sets them back. You're seeing their NBA title favorite odds. They've only slipped to second right behind Golden State. 
Mm-hmm. But I think Golden State is a facade. Like, don't don't look at this series against Denver and say, like, oh, wow, they're, like, really dominating Denver. We have to remember that Denver's missing their second and third leading scores. And right. they're not that good of a team. Like, if you take Jokic off that team who's going to win the MVP, you're talking about a team that would probably be drafting first to third overall without right. those guys, you know what I mean? So. I I don't love Golden State. They have the best value plus three fifty, or not best value, but they have the highest odds to win the title. A team that I really like though is Memphis plus fourteen hundred to win wow. the title. Oh. You could see them coming out of the West. I mean, they they erased a twenty five point deficit tonight in the fourth quarter and won by ten points. I mean, they dominated a good Minnesota team, not a bad. Yeah, match. that's a good Minnesota team in Minnesota, right. and Memphis matches up very well with Golden State. They won three out of those four games against the Warriors this year. So if those two get matched up and the Suns are hurt in the Western Conference Finals, you know, look for Memphis. Well, they'll, they'll face in the next round, but Memphis could pull off that upset. Wow. No, that's, see, I, I love that. I love that because I've, I've been kind of holding on to Phoenix as my team that's going to come out of the West. And, and I just don't – I guess I haven't really – I didn't. I agree with you. I, I think it is tricky with hamstrings, and I just feel like he's going to play through it. But it doesn't mean he's going to be 100%. And I just think that that could be a real issue. And that would be. That, I would like to see that. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't mind watching Memphis uh, go up there and take the NBA uh, championship. So everybody, to be honest, there's no down. guarantee. Sorry, to be honest, there's yeah. no guarantee that the Suns can even beat New Orleans without Devin Booker. Like right. this may be a seven game series because Brandon Ingram is playing that well and then you add CJ McCollum what he's been doing. Yeah. Great. They're doing great. Wow. Wow. So don't call us don't call us crazy because this is uh this is something maybe you want to look into. In fact, I'm gonna do that right now. I'm I'm gonna just gonna tap in right here and I'm gonna start putting I put in my bed here from Memphis to take it all. Thank you, Jordan, for that. I already feel richer uh than I would have uh with my the best I was gonna make. So some great stuff there. Um, let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell, and let's move on to some football stuff because that's what we're here to talk about. But before we get there, i got a quick read here because Manscaped and Thrive Fantasy support football garbage time, and we have to do a read for them. But uh, I'm just going to cut to the chase here because I want to spend more time talking to Jordan. So, hey, everybody, you want to trim your pubes, good Manscaped. If you want to bet on stuff, try Thrive Fantasy. Use promo code GARBAGETIME at Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping on all orders and use promo code GARBAGETIME at Thrive Fantasy and receive 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Again, Garbage Time. Use it at both sites because they're awesome and we're awesome and you want to help us out. All right, let's go on to round one of the eighth annual Football Garbage Time Twitter NFL Mock Draft. So we've been doing this for eight years now. And, uh, and it's, it's always a really fun exercise where we get lots of different writers and podcasters from around industry to help us out. And this year, we have 11 different writers and podcasters from seven different sites participating, including, of course, Jordan, uh, so from, uh, who's on the show here with our, to, us today. And I, I would love to get your thoughts, Jordan, on these picks, because obviously you made picks yourself, and I'm going to talk to you about those in particular but I'm going to, but we obviously we had picks from all over and it's going to, it's really interesting how it's shaping out to me because there are some players who are slipping who I didn't expect to slip. And there are some players who are going earlier than I expected to go. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the first round. I'm going to name off four picks in a row and I'm going to have you just kind of feedback and let me know which one of those are most interesting to you and why. Um, so let's start at the top. It's uh, these are a little bit less, controversial but the first four picks were 
Aiden Hutchinson for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Kayvon Thibodeau for the Detroit Lions, Akim Akwanu for the Houston Texans, and Charles Cross for the New York Jets. So tell me, of those four, the top four picks in our mock draft, which one is most interesting to you and why? Well, I mean, first of all, I think the the thing you mentioned about the uh, the mock draft is that you know, a lot of things happen that you didn't expect to happen. And I think that's the best, the most important takeaway from this. And Eddie and I said it on our show last week was that about this is that there's no consensus, like top players or just right. the way the draft's going to play out. Like everybody has a different idea because this draft is like so open for the first yeah. time. Um, I think Kayvon Thibodeau as a top four pick, I thought that was uh, like going into last season, I mean, he was, like, consensus first best player, but he mm-hmm. has a lot of red flags, um, and I think those are being shown. Like, you're seeing mock drafts now. Like, they're starting to drop Kayvon Thibodeau, and I'm talking, like, mock drafts that, like, with the people that are tapped in with these teams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that tells me something. Just like Kyle Hamilton, he's he's been falling in mock drafts, too. Right. So, that pick kind of, uh, kind of surprised me. I also thought Ikonwu – um, Eddie's pick for the Texans. I mean, the Texans yep. have a lot of needs. Like, I would take the best player available on that draft, and I'm just I'm not sure that he was the best player at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be a great offensive tackle. I think offensive line in in the NFL draft. I think that's one of the hardest things to predict, dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we see we see offensive linemen go top ten all the time that end up not even being that good. So, I mean, that's I don't know. I just thought Texans could have gone. Like, I, personally, I would have gone with uh, Sauce Gardner at three or Derek Stingley Jr. Like, I would have gone with a cornerback there because those are two, like, you, you know, those are going to be all pro-type cornerbacks. Yeah, I've yeah, yeah. About no, I, I agree with that. And actually, I, I kind of thought about that myself. And I thought, you know, if you're going to be – if you're building your offensive – I mean, obviously, the offensive line, the second most important thing you could – I mean, when you could build in the draft, I mean – everything revolves around the quarterback, right? You have the good quarterback, but then keeping him upright is the second most important thing and getting to him is the, is the second most important thing on the other side of the ball. So if you look at it from, from all that angle, I kind of feel like if you don't, if you don't know who your starting quarterback is going to be and if, what you want to do there, that you might want to build your defense a little bit. And there's some, and you said there's some, some lights out corners there. And I think that would be interesting for them to do, but Hey, who knows, right? I, I don't know what's going to happen here. And oh, uh, I still, yeah. And, and the Texans surprised us before. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, I think the Lions are the real wild card. Right, right, right. And and it's interesting to me because, you know, I, I wonder uh, what the Lions are, are thinking big, you know, big picture. I mean, they obviously think they they obviously need to get a quarterback at some point in time, um, yep. and I'm not sure you know if they're willing to go ahead and let them let you know take somebody later in the draft or not. That, that's just kind of my kind of gut feel here. I, I don't I don't have a really good. I'm not saying that out of any particular experience or rumors or anything like that, but I kind of feel like you kind of have to you got to build sometime, and at some point you need to take the quarterback you think is going to be best for you, and um, wait until the second round, wait until the very end of the first round. Um, may not work out for them. It's just kind of my oh. thought process with the Detroit Lions. And Cal uh, Hamilton, we'll talk about them right next. Let's go on to the next four because that's an interesting one to me, obviously not only because he went to Notre Dame, but because he, poor, he showed relatively poorly at the Combine, uh, and he has been slipping a little bit ever since then. So the next five picks were uh, Evan Neal uh, for the New York Giants at number five, 
Malik Willis at number six uh, for the Carolina Panthers. That was picked by you. And number seven, the New York Giants swung back around and took Kyle Hamilton. And then at eight, Derek Stingley goes to the Atlanta Falcons. All right, so tell me about those four picks. Obviously, the one you made must be interesting to you, but what about the rest of those as well? Uh, I mean, I took Malik Willis there because I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. I think his skill set and his physical talent is equal to Trey Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. And Trey Lance barely had any college tape, and Malik Willis has a lot of college tape. And he kind of did take a step backwards last year. He had a couple bad games. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw at the combine this guy throws 70 yards on a rope, like, yeah. accurately. He's accurate. He's athletic. He's just – his physicals are out the roof. I think he's hands down the best quarterback. And that's why I said the Lions are interesting because I could see the Lions taking him at number two. Um, that would not shock me at all. Um, but Kyle Ham- Hamilton, I mean, I, I said it before, like, that one surprised me a little bit. I think he's a good player, but I think he's like in the similar mold of like the Jonathan Abrams and the um, what's his name, the safety from the Seahawks, Jamal Adams. Like I think he's mm-hmm. the same type of safety. Like he's more of like a money backer, um, not necessarily a guy that's going to cover well. And mm-hmm. right now, the most important thing in football is being able to take the top off the defense, and so his mm-hmm. inability to cover. I think he has to go to a, a, a team that's going to utilize him best, and I'm not sure the Giants are going to do that because the mm-hmm. Giants already have real peppers, which is very similar as well. Um, so, I mean, that, that was an interesting pick to me. I think – don't get me wrong. I think Kyle Hamilton is going to be a great, great player. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw mm-hmm. the same thing happen with the Washington Redskins – I mean, I'm sorry, the Washington Commanders or the football team. <laughs> last year. Right. Um, with um, the, the kid from Alabama, who's their uh, – safety their strong safety oh my god his name slid in my head but they were getting killed in the first like five weeks until they slid him to a like outside linebacker position so i think that's going to be interesting for kyle hamilton um atlanta falcons got a steal with Derek stingley at eight though mm-hmm. yeah I, and actually i was kind of thinking to, to be honest flipping it around um i thought that it's possible that um, the Giants may decide to pick up. I mean, if, if Derek Stingley was available there, the Giants might take up Derek Stingley at seven. I agree, obviously, with the Giants going with uh, an offensive lineman, an offensive tackle at five. I mean, the, this is Daniel Jones' last season to prove that he is anything. Um, and if they don't at least invest something into the offensive line and give him a chance, then it's, it's not going to be a real test at all. Um, but I think, but I agree with you. I, I, mean, I have my questions about Cal Hamilton. I obviously am semi-biased because I watched a lot of his have lots of those games when he was in college, but uh, you know it's, it'd be a question mark. And I see him mock draft slipping to the double digits, um, and some people saying actually landing in uh, in Washington. So that'd be an interesting fit, I think. Let's get on to the next couple here, and let's start with number nine. So Kenny Pickett, the quarterback picked for the Seattle Seahawks at number nine. The New York Jets at ten get Ahmad Gardner, the cornerback. Uh, the Washington Commanders end up with Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, and the Minnesota Vikings end up with Trent McDuffie, the cornerback. So tell me about those four picks. So uh, I, there's no way the Seahawks ever take Kenny Pickett just because he has small hands and you're going to play a lot of rain games. Mm-hmm. And like people joke about the small hands, like, oh, like, you know, watch his game tape. No, the small hands thing is real. Like, mm-hmm. no quarterback except for Michael Vick, who has had smaller hands than Kenny Pickett, have ever succeeded in this league. Mm-hmm. And you see quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, has, he 
considers to have small hands in a, for a quarterback, he can't hang on to the football. He always fumbles the football. That's his biggest issue is fumbling right. the football. So right. I think there's zero chance the Seahawks take take it. I think the only way they take a quarterback is if Malik Willis falls to number nine. Outside right. of there, I think they're going to take best player available on their board. Um, the Jets getting Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner, I think that, that was a solid pick. But if I was a Jets, I would go wide receiver there just to help out Kyle um, Kyle Wilson. Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson. Yep. I knew Zach, Kyle, both Mormon names. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and then Washington getting uh, Garrett Wilson, I think that's a great pick. That would be the uh, all-Ohio State wide receiver core there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm not mad at that. I think giving um, – Wentz another target is great. I think Wentz is, I think he's underappreciated. I don't think he's like a top level quarterback anymore, but he almost was an MVP before he got hurt. Yeah. I think he's above average. I mean, he had like six solid weeks, straight weeks in Indianapolis. I think he gets way too much um, heat for that last game, but I, he did play bad. Um, yeah, and then they, they Duffel, yeah. Uh, from going to Minnesota, they definitely need a cornerback, so that makes sense. Um, I'm just not that high on him as mm-hmm. I am the other cornerback. So that pick is kind of interesting to me. I would go offensive line there, to be honest. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of offensive lines still on the board. Or right. they could have taken Jordan Davis and they need a defensive lineman. I thought Jordan Davis slipped way too far in our draft. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those things, though, I think what happens in these mock drafts is that as you're kind of evaluating your board, you already have a list of players that you're kind of targeting and you, and you want to make them reasonable. And sometimes somebody on the big board slips by because you're looking at a different position. I think that's just what happens. I think it happens in real drafts as well, but they just happen to have more eyes on it than, than we do in the mock draft. Anytime scenario. you draft for position, though, it's you always fail. You have yeah, to take no. the best player on your board. And if that best right. player on your board happens to be a position of need, take it. You know what I mean? Other yeah. than quarterback. Quarterback's like the one position I think that – because there's only there's so few of them, right? So right. you have to take the best quarterback available you really need a quarterback. Right, right. All right, let's get to the next four picks here. So we have 13, the Houston Texans takes Trayvon Walker. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at 14 take Jermaine Johnson. At 15, the Philadelphia Eagles take Chris Olaf. And at 16, the New Orleans Saints take Drake London. What about those four picks? I think the Saints have the best pick there. <clears throat> Outside of, you know, I am a, a USC fan, but, you know, Totally being objective as someone that loves college football and watch a lot of college football, Drake mm-hmm. London is hands down the best receiver in this draft. The only reason why he's not the consensus never, number one receiver is because he's coming off that ankle injury. But right. before he went down, we're talking about a guy that was on pace to break every single single season college record. In eight games, 1,086 yards, seven touchdowns. In eight games, the guy was on pace to to shatter every college record, and, and he was getting double, triple teamed every single game. Right. He's the type of receiver that you can just throw the ball up to, and they can go and make plays, and those guys are becoming far more important. You're seeing it in um, the, those type of receivers, their values going up. I think, yep. it's a, I think it's a solid value pick for the Saints. You don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas, and right. you have Jameis Winston, who's not a bad quarterback. You know, right. say what you want about Jameis. He still has the arm talent. And he he showed that, you know, before he got hurt, the Saints were in playoff contention. They were one of the best teams in, in the NFC South. So I think I like that pick. The Saints got a lot of issues, don't get me wrong, but I, I love that pick. And I also like Chris Olave from Ohio State going to 
um, Philadelphia. I don't think that Jalen Hurts is the long-term answer in Philadelphia. I think right. that I think they honestly made that trade with the Saints because they're oh, they're targeting they a quarterback, quarterback next year. Next year. No, yep. absolutely. That's definitely – and I think they won that trade hands down. I mean, they got so yep. many early round picks. And who cares if it's this year or next year? I, I don't understand the price differential that people have been putting on that. That doesn't make sense to me. A first-round pick is a first-round pick, and particularly with their game plan of getting a quarterback. Next year's class is going to be so much deeper for quarterbacks. So um, we're running a little bit short in time. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, even if Jalen Hurts, you know, he makes that step and he is that quarterback – then you just have more capital to trade oh, back. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Imagine how valuable those picks will be next year. If, they, if Jalen Hurts is the guy and they have, all yep. those, they have all those picks kind of stacked up, imagine what people are going to pay in order to get one of those quarterbacks in the first round. It's going yep. to be uh, bananas. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, so let me give you the next eight in a row here. So let's talk to them, them together. So we got 17. They got the Chargers taking Trevor Penning. At 18, the Eagles come back around and take Devin Lloyd. New Orleans Saints at 19, take Desmond Ritter. At 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers take Matt Corral. And at 21, the New England Patriots take Jameson Williams. And at 22, Green Bay Packers take George Karlaftis. At 23, the Arizona Cardinals take Kyrie Alam. And at 24, the Dallas Cowboys take Bernard Raymond. So tell me about uh, those picks. I really like the pick by the New England Patriots, Jameson Williams mm-hmm. uh, from Alabama, uh, high flyer. The only thing is, is that the New England Patriots in real life will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, if, if Jordan Davis is sitting there at 21, I guarantee you Bill Belichick is salivating, taking him. I, I just don't see him slipping. Even um, Dean, who went last in our draft, if he's sitting there at 21, dude, he's off the board going to New England. I just don't uh-huh. see them making that pick, but I like that pick for them. Gives a, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, their quarterback from Alabama, gives him a familiar target. Oh yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely, and I, and I think that's a that's a that definitely is something that well, I think that um, Ryan was thinking about when he made the pick. He's actually a big Patriots guy. Uh, he used to be kind of a Patriots. Uh, he's still a Patriots guy, so to speak. But when he was on the scene, that's what it, that was kind of his focus. Uh, I think this is kind of a dream pick as well. I don't see the Patriots taking a wide receiver at 21. But, uh, you know, that being said, what do you think about these quarterbacks going at 19 and 20? You know, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral. I, I actually, um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I actually wouldn't have been surprised if these quarterbacks slipped to the second round. So what do you think about that? I like Matt Corral, dude. I, I love Matt Corral as a quarterback. I think he's just a gamer. Like, mm-hmm. he's just a guy that, he's just a gamer, dude. Like, you just can't ex- explain what he does. He has a great arm. He's athletic, he's big, he's strong, and I think he actually is very similar to Ben Roethlisberger. So I could very well see Pittsburgh taking him. Desmond Ritter, on the other hand, he's a wild card to me. I thought he was good at Cincinnati, obviously. Like, he led them Uh to the college football playoff, but that was mostly their defense. I don't think he has elite arm talent, and he's also pretty small. And when he played against against Georgia, I mean, he just looked very underwhelmed and, and overmatched. And I, I just didn't like what I saw in that game. So, uh, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, when they played Alabama, mm-hmm. I, I didn't like that. I, yeah. I would take, I wouldn't take Desmond Ritter there. Well, There's well, no way. Well, the very few players come out of a game against Alabama looking good. So, I mean, <laughs> there's that. Um, but I agree. I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't overly impressed with that. And I was actually rooting, even though, even though Cincinnati was the one big loss that uh, Notre Dame had during the year, I was rooting hard for them 
uh, in that game. Yeah. Um, so Everyone. that was a that was a fun. Yeah, everybody was, I guess, unless you were from Alabama. You, I suppose. you seem to be around the same age as me, and you remember Colt Brennan, right? Of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> like before he played that Sugar Bowl, like people thought he was a top three quarterback in that draft, and then he went up against Georgia, and it was like, all right. I don't think he's that good, <laughs> you know, and then right. he's supposed to sit down. So, yep. yeah, th- those teams don't make players look good. But, I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. Like, he balled out against Alabama, and people were crazy to take Mitch Trubisky over him. And now yeah. you're seeing the I, – I, Deshaun has his own legal issues. That's a whole other story. But still, right. talent-wise, you can't even tell you, – you couldn't convince uh, someone from another planet that has no idea what football is that – Mitch Trubisky is better than Deshaun Watson. Trust me, no one knows that better than I, a Bears fan. The fact that we sold the <laughs> sold the ranch in order to, to move up one spot to take Mitch Trubisky, we got so jobbed on that. But anyway, and then we let him go. So great job, everybody. Great job. Um, and that's why there's no first round pick uh, for us this year. But anyway, that being said, let me ask you about the Cardinals because I know it's their team, and of course we have the 23rd pick here, and uh, George Templeton in our pick in our uh, mock draft took Kair Elam. The um, cornerback, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals in their first round, and what do you think generally is is their draft strategy? Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily like the Elon pick just because I think he's like a second-round grade type cornerback, maybe even Mm third-round grade. I don't have him that high. I think if uh, Tyler Linderbaum's there, the center from Iowa, I think you absolutely have to take him. Rodney Hudson, he wasn't that good last year, and he was hurt for most of the year, and Linderbaum is a – he's – uh, he's arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft. Mm-hmm. I would even take uh, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa if I was there. I would go offensive line anywhere because their offensive line is absolutely terrible. But also, Jordan Davis is sitting there. I would take Jordan Davis. But really, I think the Cardinals are looking wide receiver in the first round. Mm-hmm. And if the wide receiver that they like falls to them, because a big issue with them last year is once DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, they kind of mm-hmm. fell down because Christian Kirk is not that guy. And shout out to no. the Jaguars for overpaying for him. But <laughs> you saw the offense take a step back without DeAndre Hopkins. So I right. they absolutely need another wide receiver. I love Rondale Moore, but he's he's like a gadget type player. He's not really a like a, a great wide receiver. And and he was hurt at the end of last year too. So I mean, you gotta kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, I would target if Drake London fell to me at twenty three. I mean, yep. no brain. If if uh, Robinson, the kid from Alabama, fell to me at twenty three, no brainer. Right. So I I, right. I think they have a, I think their draft strategy. I mean, obviously I'm not in the draft room or anything, but I think they're they have a lot of avenues they can go down. I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this will be interesting to see how that all kind of shakes out. But obviously there's those holdout rumors with Kyler Murray, so that's another. Thing to worry about uh, for no, Cardinals no, fans. I won't even get started. In a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I like Kyler Murray too. You know, that's the kind of um, funny thing about this. But um, let's Murray's go ahead. The best and... quarterback they've had. I mean, this is a franchise that's had dog shit quarterback. Sorry, I don't mean to cuss. I don't know if I can cuss on here, but they've had <laughs> terrible quarterback play for like their entire existence. They've had three good quarterbacks, and you get a good one, and you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to pay you. Like, we're gonna figure this yeah. out, but yet you pay your coach and your GM. I mean, dude, this yeah. is typical Cardinals football, man. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh. Well, that's, that, 
that is that is frustrating. And trust me, I I being a Bears fan, I've also many gripes against our old management. So uh, let's round out the rest of this draft here. We got 25, the Buffalo Bills taking Andrew Booth, the Tennessee Titans then taking Tyler Linderbaum at 26 who, uh, by you, and of course you've already talked about him. 27, Tampa Bay Buccaneers takes Jordan Davis, a little bit of a steal there. And then 28, Green Bay Packers take Traylon Burks, Kansas City Chiefs take Jahan Dotson, and then turn around and take Boya Mafe, the edge rusher. And then the Bengals take Kyler Gordon, and the Detroit Lions round out the draft with N'Kobe Dean. So what do you think about those picks? Love N'Kobe. I mean, N'Kobe Dean at 32 is an absolute steal. So is Jordan Davis. The Packers make two great picks there. Or, I mean, the great uh, pick at Traylon Burks, mm-hmm. and then the Chiefs make two great picks, Dotson and uh, Mafi. Yeah. I don't know if Dotson's going to be a first-round pick, but the way wide receivers were flying out off draft boards in our draft, like mm-hmm. they had to go, they had to take him there. They, they had no to. choice. Absolutely you know? right. Um, Absolutely. So I, I totally understand where they are, where they were coming from with that pick, and then getting Mafi um, off the edge. I mean, that's a great pick because the Chiefs do need to beef up their defense. Um, they got that linebacker last year from Missouri. I forget these names jump off my head, but they got him last year. And then they obviously have Chris Jones, who's a great nose tackle. So, I mean, you add another guy on the wing, and it could be similar to how the Rams look this year with Von Miller and um, and uh, what's his name, Aaron Donald in the middle. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. Chris Jones isn't Aaron Donald, but, I mean, it still takes attention off of him. You know what I mean? So, yep. Yep, I I like that pick for them. So I think all I think honestly all those teams on the back end I think had great drafts. Yeah, and it, I think part of it also because you know as as te- as things start falling out at the end, you, you're going to have some values slip through. So that was always good. And and of course Jay on Dotson, um, you know, it isn't that particular wide receiver, but taking a wide receiver I think is a must for the Chiefs there. So I, and I totally agree when you said that that they have to take a wide receiver there. They have to give them another weapon. Right now they're sitting on basically Juju Smith-Schuster, and that's just not going to cut it. Um, so question for you real quick. Yep. Question for you. Yeah. What if the Chiefs trade for uh, Debo Samuel? Then then what? Did they trade for Debo Samuel? Interesting. So then do you, so the question is, if they have Debo Samuel, I don't think they go wide receiver in the first round here. That's, that, I don't Agreed. think they do that. You know, I think that, that, just, that answers the question. Because right now the answer is no one. There's a big question mark. It's it's they've lost Tyreek Hill, Byron Pingle, Demarcus Robinson. You know they they just don't have anybody. That there's no depth in that wide receiver room. Debo Samuel fills that hole, in my opinion. Um, I think yeah, there's I a mean, lot like, of upside there. That hit Tyreek Hill in the fifth round. You know what I mean? Like they're pretty good at hitting wide receivers. That's why I think Kansas City is interesting because, like, while I do think Dotson's a great pick and and I know why. They took him there. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the real Kansas City Chiefs would reach for anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're they're an yeah. interesting play, and then that's why I think that's why I honestly think that like Kansas City is in play to trade for Debo Samuel because I do think that the best wide receivers in the first round are going to be gone by the time they pick, and mm-hmm. so they're going to be like picking up scraps. I don't right. want to say like lots and scraps, but you know they're going to be taking. <laughs> the worst wide receiver left because there is a lot of teams that need wide receiver help in this draft. Yeah. Do you yeah. Agree with that? And I, yeah. I, I totally agree. And I think that actually I, I could see them trading, trading back, you know, and just, just forget about it. You'll know, take, take Moffat if he's there and then trade back, you know, just see what you can do in order to, to find your wide receivers later in the draft. 
can see the Kansas City Chiefs doing something like that or, or picking, making it a package. Um, who knows what's going to happen in terms of trading for Debo Samuel. That's a, that's, that one is a new, relatively new development this week. So I don't have my finger on the pulse on where he's going to go, but I know there's a lot of teams that are interested in him right now. So um, definitely, and it will be an interesting to see what happens in the draft and who gets who, because that's going to help define who's in the market for Debo Samuel. All right. Well, that takes us to the end of the first round of the draft. So that's the end of our show. Let's hit the boxing bell on the show. And of course, Hit the air horn on the show because that's the entire show. It always goes so fast. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jordan, for joining us today on the show. It has been great. Terrific insight here. I'm making tons of bets and tons of money on you now. Thank you for that. So I don't even have to go. And and I'm going to check you out on on the – I'm going to keep watching the videos on Twitter anyway. So – Put out some better, some all those great picks, and I'm going to keep making them. Uh, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you, as well as tell us how to tune in to Tap Room Sports Podcast. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at JordanRulesTSP. And if you're a Bulls fan, you know where that Jordan Rules came from. So yeah. at JordanRulesTSP. <laughs> um, and then you, you can hit up uh, Tap Room Sports Podcast. We have a bunch of – we have four different shows technically. Um, we're live Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights at 9.30 p.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. So we are up late on Eastern. You can catch us on YouTube. You can catch the video after we live. You can also hit us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, or you can just go to taproomsportspodcast.com. Excellent. And all of the great content there coming out of Taproom Sports. So everybody go tune in for that. Uh, you will be not happy if you miss out on it. As you can tell, all those guys are knee-deep in info, so definitely give it a check out. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time and on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time page. And, as always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week and your NBA betting. Thank you for that, Jordan. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it.